Ugh, I should have swiped left. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of your new favorite podcast. Should have swiped left. Bum, bum, bum. I'm Cecily. I'm your host. If this is your first time listening to me, then shoo, welcome. Happy to have you. If it's not your first time and you keep coming back for more, thanks. I love it. I appreciate you. Your ears are important to me. So anyway, I am your host. My name is Cecily. I think I might have already said that. Not too sure yet. Um, But this podcast is a zany, insane, all over the spectrum podcast about online dating and everything in between that. So it's pretty cool and pretty fun. Obviously, if you're coming back, you think it's fun. So yay, you. Um, Updates, updates, updates. Oh, Biggest update, something I am so excited about. Um, My podcast is finally up on Spotify, you guys, which is really exciting because it's a huge platform for people who listen to podcasts and they may not have um, an Apple product, so they can't listen on Apple Podcasts. And then you got to find some weird small app to listen to them on and like the one I record on. Love you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to record it. But Spotify, guys, it's huge. I'm so excited. I got the um, notification for it last week and about had a heart attack in my kitchen. It just gives more opportunity and reach for me. So I'm hoping that this new amazing platform for my podcast just allows me to reach more people and gives you, a listener, the chance to send it to more of your friends so that it can keep growing and I can keep doing this crazy thing every week and you can keep being entertained by my dating life and other people's dating lives who are not afraid to share it openly on my podcast. So yes, Spotify means to celebrate. I will have a bottle of wine for myself tonight and I will have another bottle of wine for you. Uh, That's probably not even a lie. So yeah, that's probably the biggest thing I wanted to share and update you on, which guys, I'm still like really excited about it. I go on Spotify and it's like recently played and it'll show my picture next to like Cardi B's picture. And I'm like, what? I'm basically famous at this point. Uh, (laughs) so if you have a chance, go check it out on Spotify. I will say this though. If you have an Apple product, please, please, please go on Apple podcasts and rate this podcast, um, leave a review and help me move up the charts so that more people can see it and it can be like a real big thing, guys. I'm real excited about it. Um, so that's an update on the podcast update on my dating life. I, um, have not gone out with anyone. I'm not really seeing anyone, Um, I'm still talking to randos on the internet. That's why this podcast is still going. Um, and I still have all my apps. I just haven't really found anyone who's worth talking to. I did message that I messaged this guy last night who's very handsome and I read his profile because I actually do that. And he was like 
a dad and he had a job and he looked normal in his pictures and his bio was real nice and I was like oh my god this might be a normal one and then I messaged him and I was like oh I'm really excited that you actually had a normal profile and he messaged me back and he's like oh what'd you like about it and I told him and he's like I have a fantasy but I don't want to tell you because you might block me after and I was like shoot I'm gonna block you now so once I think that I might have found someone, they turn out to be real sketch. That's the story of my online dating life. I haven't met anybody who's normal yet. That's a lie. I've met a few normal people. We just don't mesh well. Uh, so I'm still waiting for my future husband to jump on one of those apps and find me. You're taking too long. I'm getting old. Um, yep, yeah, so that's my dating life. I actually am really, really into a person who doesn't even live in America. He lives in Egypt. And we met on the dating apps, um, I think when I very first started online dating. And we met by accident. His app was freaking out on Tinder and showed that he was like near me, but he really lives in Egypt. And I was so sad because he was such a great guy. And we had a lot in common and we had really good conversation and then we moved things over to whatsapp that's how you know if it's real so we could hear each other's voices and yeah then i found out he lived in egypt but we have stayed in touch he's real cool um so handsome Mm -mm -mm. like your girl would marry him if he asked no joke but like i'm not trying to live in egypt and he has family there and it's real complicated. I'm going to take him on my 90-day fiancé. You guys are going to see me on my 90-day fiancé. And it's going to be great. And I'm going to have an Egypt lover. And we're going to move his whole family over to California. Get it done. Um, Yeah, that's all I got for you for updates. So we're just going to jump right into this episode. Whoop, whoop. It's a solo cast today. I do not have any special guests with me. You just got me today. Sorry about it. Just kidding. You I mean, I'm not kidding about just having me. You do only have me. It is a solo cast. But I'm kidding about, like, sorry about it. Because you get to listen to me talk about something real deep, which is not something I do on this podcast. This podcast is very lighthearted and funny and still relatable, but doesn't really get too deep. But this episode is going to get pretty deep. And it's all about me. But I promise you that if you have ever been in a relationship that ended not that great, you will find something that you can relate to in this episode. So keep it going. Don't push pause. Just sit there with a cup of tea, cup of coffee, cup of wine, whatever you do, bottle of wine, and listen. So we're going to be talking today about, I'm going to be talking about, you're going to be listening, about um, my breakup season, which was very hard for me. I went through a few years of really bad period of breakups and um, they kind of got the best of me. So I'm going to dive right into it and tell you my story Um, and you guys can kind of just see for yourself that this is normal. Um, When I opened up about it on Facebook to family and friends, I was kind of overwhelmed with the amount of people that have been through something similar or can relate because they know or were going through it and it was a window of um, opportunity to help other people 
figure out their feelings and know that they're not alone because breakups freaking suck, you guys. It's never a fun thing to do. You don't ever go, mm-hmm, we're going to break up. This is so exciting unless you're a freaking psychopath or you just never really cared about them anyway. But let's go. I come with me for a second. Come with me on, on a road to breakup land. Um, right before I had my son, so my son is five, if you don't know from listening to the podcast, he's five. Right before I had him, I was in a performing company and I was living my best life, traveling and performing and I um, was in Japan for three months and it was amazing and my company was amazing and they still are and I miss them dearly and they help keep me in shape. So I might just go to rehearsals just to get this body back together. Uh, anyway, so I was doing that and then I came back from Japan, um, and I started working with them and then I was working at Forever 21 and I was working at 24 Hour Fitness and I was going to school. So my life was very, very chaotic, but I was doing everything that I love to do. I was finally feeling like independent. Um, I think it was like one of the first real times besides like living in dorm rooms that I was not living with my parents. So I had like my own place and I felt like I was doing things for once and and doing the, the things that I wanted to be doing in my life. Um, so I met this guy at Forever 21 and he was real cute and I was like, oh, hi. No, I wasn't. He actually um, courted me a few times and he was very persistent in trying to get my attention. And the first few times I had said no because I knew that he had um, – baby mama drama with this girl who also worked there she got fired real quick she crazy um but they had two kids together and I knew that it was like kind of drama so I pushed that off a lot and eventually because he we worked together and every time I was at work he would come find me on the sales floor and he would be like hey Cecily um you're so cute let's go have lunch together and he was very handsome and very charming and uh I said yes finally and we went out and we started spending more time together and um I thought he was great I I did have little moments of drama with his baby mama because she um well at the time I thought that she was just like not really willing to let him go and Um, she was very unhappy that we were seeing each other and he never really did anything about that, which is like, I guess, red flag that I should have been, um, aware of and, and noticed that if she is going to be playing this much of an integral, integral, excuse me, part of our relationship that had nothing to do with her, then I should probably just keep it pushing. Um, she got my phone number out of his cell phone and she would like hit me up. She showed up to our job to try and find me. And it was a lot that I should have, looking at it now at the time, walked away from. But I cared for this guy and he was a great guy and I really liked him. So um, I kind of just stuck it out. But we argued about it a lot and he never did anything to tell her like, hey, you need to back up even though I would tell him, like, you need to step up. This is your thing, not mine. You need to tell her because if I tell her, I'm a hurt of feelings. Um, But that was never done. Anyway, so I dealt with that, and he ended up getting kicked out of his apartment. Uh, Maybe 
and maybe not kicked out. I think his lease just expired and his roommate decided that he was going to move and he didn't have anywhere to go. So in the process of him looking for a new place that he could afford on his own, because bruh was only working at Forever 21 and I was working there too. And I know that you don't get paid a lot there, especially with the time that we were working there. So he was trying to figure out a place where he could afford. And in that time, you know, me and all of my stupid glory and my big heart. I was like, oh, you can just, you know, stay with me for a few weeks until you figure it out and find your place. So I helped him move all of his shit basically into my little apartment. And he was living with me for a little bit. Um, still working in Forever 21. He didn't have a car either. So these are reasons when people say like, why do you say you'll never date someone with a car? Why do you say that you'll never date someone with a good job? Because I have. I did it. And it's not worth it. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back on track. So he was living with me, um, pretty much. And, uh, I'm still dealing with the drama with his baby mama. Um, and then trying to, you know basically playing house. That's what it was. It was playing house with this guy who I was in a relationship with, but that was it. Like we hadn't known each other super long. We didn't like have a a solid foundation. I was just like, oh, I like this guy a lot and he don't have nowhere to stay. So I guess he could stay with me. Girl, if I could talk to myself right now, the past Cecily, I would slap her so hard. I would be like, get it together. No, no, no don't do this. But anyway, moving on. Um, so living with me, obviously we were intimate. Um, and through sex, I ended up pregnant with my son. When I found out that I was pregnant with my son, I called my mom right away because she, my best friend, you guys, you guys need to hear my mom. She's crazy. She's great. If you don't know her, I'm sorry. You were missing out on a good human. And if you know her, you know that she is amazing. So I called her broken hearted, found out I was um, five weeks pregnant. So I was five weeks pregnant with this guy in my house. I was in the middle of doing a show and um, started rehearsals for another one. I was working two jobs, going to school. Well, it's kind of three jobs, to be honest. And so my life was just kind of a mess. It was all over the place. It was crazy. And I didn't even know like what to do. So I told my mom and she came down and uh, long story short with my son's father, he said right away that he was going to stick around and a few weeks later disappeared. He left um, me knowing that I was pregnant and went back to his baby mama. Um, He said some really harsh things to me, told me that he didn't even know if the baby I was pregnant with was his and a lot of other very mean things that I'm not going to say on this podcast. But I will say that I was broken. I was broken hearted. I knew that my life was changing completely in the next few months. I was having to give up a lot of the things that I had worked so hard to get to at the point I was at. I was going to have to move back home because I wasn't going to be able to afford by myself living the life I wanted to live with a baby. Um, I knew that I was probably going to have to stop performing for a while because like, you can't do a show with a big old belly or like a baby on your boob. So that was another thing. And performing at that time was my world. It was all I was doing. It was the only thing that made me really, really happy. And I knew that the show that I was doing, the one that I had just started doing, was probably going to be my last show for a very long time. And um, 
my world kind of felt like it just came to a big halt and just stopped. And I was bitter. I was so angry with this man for making me believe that he cared. And um, you guys, I really thought that he loved me. Those are words that were said and I believed him. And I, to a degree, loved him too. I admired him and I cared for him. And he was everything that I thought that I had wanted for a long time, minus a few little things. Um, But I was shattered and I went into a very deep depression. Um, It was a very dark place. And I felt like, um, I felt really alone. Like no one really understood what I was going through. And knowing that I was now growing a life in my stomach and the amount of change that was about to hit me, I was scared. And um, yeah, so I moved back home. I finished the show at five months pregnant, you guys. I finished a freaking show at five months pregnant. My cast was amazing. They threw me a little baby shower in between shows one day. They were very supportive. It was like this baby was a cast baby. So in those first five months, it was easier for me to cope because I was surrounded by performing people who tried their best to keep me happy all the time. When my show closed and I wasn't doing anything but working my part-time job at Forever 21 and staying in my room, that's when it hit really hard. I um, was just a mess. I tried to pretend like I was very happy on the outside if I went places and it, on the inside, like... Oh, man, it was a terrible place to be. And um, I had to get off Facebook for a while because I had um, my son's father, his family messaging me, telling me that I was a homewrecker. He just made me to be, he made me out to people he knew to be someone terrible who just tried to come between him and Beth. And, oh, I said her name. Oops. (laughs) His baby mama. And, um. it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of drama. I got off Facebook. I um, had to block numbers. I think I even changed my number at one point because I was getting calls from her. I was getting calls from his family. And it was just a lot for me to deal with. So fast forward. I have my son um, and I'm back at home and I know that I'm going to be back at my parents' house for a while because I've never worked like an actual full-time real job where I would have like all this money saved up and it was a hard pill for me to swallow I didn't enjoy my pregnancy so that's why when people say like oh you're gonna want more kids like I didn't have a good experience being pregnant because I was going through all that other stuff I didn't have the time and I wasn't in the place to really enjoy the beginning of motherhood I was just very sad all the time And when I had my son, I even feel like then I didn't have that connection you should have with a newborn baby. I was still very much in my own emotions to really enjoy the miracle of life. And that's sad to say because my son is my world. So knowing that when he was born, I wasn't like, oh, this amazing, amazing human being. I was just very sad still. And my mom was probably more emotionally attached to my child than I was. That's how bad it was. Um, Anyway, I have lost so much of the essence of who I am in this process. I 
before meeting my son's father and going through all this, I was just genuinely probably the person I am right now. I'm very positive, very happy all the time, um, love to laugh and all that. And I wasn't that person anymore. I was depressed. I was sad all the time. I cried almost every single night. And then throwing a baby on top of that where I wasn't getting much sleep, it was very difficult. I had a few breakdowns um, at nighttime when my son was crying throughout the night. My mom had to come in and take him because I would just be in tears because I didn't know what to do. And uh, it was heavy and it was difficult. Um, And I didn't have help besides my parents who are my saving grace. But that's another thing. I feel like when you have a baby as a single parent, it's hard because you want that family aspect. I wanted a partner to be there to help me through everything and I didn't have that. I had to be mommy and daddy with my parents as co-parents. So it was um, an experience that I'm grateful for because it's definitely made me who I am now, but it was hard and I would never want to repeat it. So um, props to all y'all single parents out there because from one to another, I know the struggle. Uh, Anyway, so I was never, I never took the time to really heal. I kind of just sat there in my depression from everything that happened with my son's dad. Uh, So I would have never been in a place to think about dating someone else because I didn't take the time to sit there and heal the way that I should have. I didn't take the time to fix my broken pieces for myself. But I jumped into another relationship with this guy who I had met at work. Oh, and he just stopped meeting people at work. Uh, who I met at work. And in all honesty, I was very emotionally unavailable. I should not have been in a relationship. And this is why currently... I think that self-love, self-improvement are so important. And if you are in a place where you're trying to be fulfilled by another person and you don't know how to do that for yourself, you need to not be in a relationship. I will tell you why right now. I dropped into this relationship with a guy knowing Damn well, I should not have been in a relationship. And I carried my baggage from the relationship with my son's father into this new relationship. And it was unfair to him. It was unfair to our relationship. And it was unfair to me because I knew that I should have been taking the time to get myself together. We got into this relationship and when we started He was a great guy. He had his own things that he should have been working on. I had a ton of things I should have been working on, but he was good to me. And I didn't appreciate that because I was still so bitter, so angry, so depressed about things that had just happened. Um, I think when we started dating, my son was, I don't know, six months old. So it wasn't very much time that I had in between. Um, excuse me. My throat was getting dry, so I had to drink my coffee. Anyway, so I jumped into this relationship with him. And the first, I would say, year of our relationship was 
I mean, our full relationship was very toxic, but the first year had a lot to do with me because any little thing that he did that bothered me, I blew up to 100% because I had trust issues at this point. And I compared him to my son's father and I took out my hostilities on him and he stuck around. He stuck around because he cared about me, but I didn't know how to be with someone when I was still so broken. And I looked for him to fulfill every little broken piece of me. I looked at him and I said, you are now responsible for making me feel like a complete person. And that is not healthy. That's not fair. It's not fair to place that responsibility on someone else. You should be doing that for yourself. You can't go into a relationship as half a person and expect that person to make up the other half. That's not anyone else's responsibility. And I did that. I did that knowing I was doing it and still tried to make it work. I still put this weight on his shoulders of it's your job as my boyfriend to make me feel 100% amazing every single day. That's what he had to deal with for about a year straight to the point where he finally got tired. And even when we broke up, after the first year, it wasn't even him breaking up with me. I was just like, I'm done. You're not giving me what I need. And of course he was not giving me what I need because what I needed was something I needed to do for myself. I broke up with this guy and he had gotten very attached to my son. He loved me and I dumped him because I was selfish, I was angry, I was bitter, and I never took the time to deal with loving myself after being broken by someone else. I never took the time to heal. I never took the time to purge. If you listen to the last episode with Eloy, then you'll know like that's something he said, and I think it's so true. I never purged out all the negative from my past relationship. I just jumped into something hoping that person would be the one person for me. And that's not what happened. It was terrible. It was a train wreck. It was like literally watching a train speed down a mountain into nothing. It was god awful. So this is what I did and I know that it was terrible and I know that now looking at it, it was just something I should have never been in. But I broke up with this guy who, in all honesty, I did care about. I thought I knew how good of a person he was to me and I knew how much I just took it for granted. But it took me a few months to kind of figure that out. And um, I did eventually get to the point where I was like, wow, this guy actually really dealt with a lot and dealt with putting up with me. And I want to be able to make it work. There was so much hostility between us at this point because he felt um, that everything he did, which just wasn't enough for me. And I totally can understand how he felt that way. So when I tried to go back and talk to him and reconcile what we had gone through, um, he had a chip on his shoulder and it's justified. Um, So we got back together, which we should not have done. And at this point, like tables were completely reversed. I was trying so hard to pour everything I had into this relationship because I wanted it to work because I was afraid of being alone, of being a single mom, of nobody ever loving me. And I thought, this is it. This is the one person 
who might fight for me and not leave. So I should try and hold on to it. Um, so I did what I could to pour myself into that relationship. But, you know, he had just gone through a year of me not appreciating him and not giving him what he needed in a relationship. So he was bitter. And that bitterness came through for another year. So the first year it was me being very like um, standoffish, not appreciating him, not loving him, not doing the things that you should be doing with a partner in a relationship. The second year it was reversed. I was doing everything I could to show him that I was sorry and that I did care about him. I did love him. Um, and I put him first in a lot of things. And it just was like trying to get through a brick wall. He had so much animosity towards me because he felt like he had wasted so much of his time. But he was still in the relationship with me. But he treated me terribly. Absolutely terribly. So as if I wasn't, I don't know, <laughs> broken enough, I went through a year of having someone who... I just wanted to get back to who they were and instead I was dealing with someone who I could tell didn't really care for me anymore and he would say things to me that just cut me to the core and you know he made remarks that he was only sticking around because of my son um, and he would comment on my appearance and my self-worth was already very low, but it had dropped more. And I spent more time in that one year being miserable and crying in that relationship than being happy. Um, so I should have walked away very early on, but I wanted, I, I accepted the fact that he gets to be mean to me now because of what I put him through. Like, I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve every mean thing that he's saying. I deserve every mean thing that he's doing. Uh, and that's what I believed. So I stuck around through it knowing that it wasn't healthy. He knew that we weren't healthy. He knew that we were toxic. We both knew it. But I don't really understand the reasons of him sticking around. He says it was because he had gotten attached to my child. Um, I don't really know if that's the full reason, but I knew my reasons. And uh, it was bad. It was so bad. And I clenched on and I was going to hold on with every fiber of my being. So when I, when we got to the point where he, um, he moved away to a different state and he was basically done with me, um, I was shattered again, but this time was a little worse because it was so much longer. It was two years of having this person in my life. Um, even though we had spent so much time of that two years arguing, it was still someone that I talked to every day, that I saw every day, that I was determined to make something work with, and it was gone. It was gone like night and day. One day, you know, we're talking, probably arguing, to be honest. And the next day, he was completely gone. He blocked my number. He blocked me on social media. And it was the one consistent thing that I felt that I had had. And uh, it was gone. And it left me, I don't, I don't even know the words to put to it, but I held myself up in my room. I didn't eat. I barely spent time with my child. My mom and my dad kind of like, took over being parents. Um, I called out of work often. I was 
in a place that I didn't even think was possible to be worse, uh, in a worse place than what had happened with my son's dad. I contemplated suicide often. I, it was all I could think about. Like, I don't understand. I, I just didn't get it. I didn't get how I could be, excuse me, I'm starting to get a little emotional. It's heavy for me because it's still pretty fresh. I remember those feelings. Um, I didn't get how I could be with someone who would create a baby with me and then just leave. And then right after that, I was with someone for so long and then they got tired of, you know, me and everything that I came with and they just wanted nothing else to do with me. So I felt very unworthy of love. I felt very just depressed. It's a very hard place to stay. It's very difficult to stay in depression when you feel like you have no one and um yeah so I mean I was you guys I was researching ways to die on the internet for days and I felt so empty and so numb that the only option I could see was not being around anymore and how sad is that to think about now because I wouldn't have been there for my my child and um there's so much I would have missed out on and it's heartbreaking, but I know what it feels like to be so broken and so empty from other people that you don't even feel like a person anymore. You don't even feel like you're worth anything. And that's where I was at. And I stayed in that place for so long, months, you guys, months. I hated myself. I didn't even, I covered up mirrors because I didn't even want to look at at my own reflection. That's how much I hated who I was. And it was rough. It was so hard. Um, my mom was brokenhearted because uh, she tells me now that it's the hardest thing to look at your child knowing that they're so distraught and so hurt and so broken and there's nothing you can do to fix it. Whew. Okay, so um, luckily, <laughs> obviously I'm here today, but luckily there was um, no attempt, suicide attempt that ever was successful or that I could ever go through with, but uh, it's scary to only have death on your mind 24-7. I mean... I was obsessed with dying because I was just tired. I was tired of being disappointed and feeling like no one wanted me and that I wasn't worth being loved and accepting the fact that I would probably be a single mom for the rest of my life and that was never something I wanted. And um, I just stayed in that place. I just stayed there and I lost so many of my friends because I just didn't talk to anyone. Um, and yeah, I had, you know, my parents in my ears saying like, you have to, you have to get out of here. Your son needs you. It's not fair. And all of those things that you, you just probably don't want to hear when you're like, just let me be in my feelings. Um, so I went through my emo stage and I went through the stage of 
having suicidal thoughts. I went through the stage of feeling like nothing. And um, I woke up one day and I decided I was tired of being tired. Um, So my road to now being the person I am, um, I I decided I just wasn't going to date for a while because it just hadn't been working out in my favor and I knew that I couldn't be dating because of the person I was at that time. I read some books on self-love, happiness. I got on social media and started following people who were self-love experts, confidence experts, gurus, anything you want to call them, life coaches. I did my research. I figured out little things that worked for me. I put up post-it notes um, as reminders of things that I hadn't, I didn't necessarily believe about myself at that time, but I needed the constant reminder. I would write up post-it notes that would say like, you're beautiful, you're worth it, you're amazing, things like that that I could see every single day. I made a consistent effort to actually get out of my bed and put on clothes and do my hair. Um, I started trying to work out again so that I could feel better about my body. I um, made an effort to reconcile old friendships that had kind of fallen by the wayside after everything that had happened and make an effort to actually spend time with people. I didn't want to go out and do things, but I made myself because in those hours that I was out with someone, I actually felt like a person again. Um, and I did the things that I thought I would need to start healing. Um, I started auditioning for shows again and I got cast and stuff. Um, anything that could keep me busy because here's the thing. When you're in that place and you're feeling um, alone and, and it's a dark circle around you, you're going to want to isolate yourself And that just makes it worse. So if I could do things that would force me to get out of the house, that would force me to be around people and force me to actually be out in the world, I did it because it was necessary for my healing. I didn't want to. I would much rather have stayed in bed and sleep the day away and do it all over again. But I knew that I was never going to get better if I did that. So I didn't go to therapy. I didn't seek help, professional help. And you know, I think you should if you're feeling like that. I think you should find someone to talk to. The reason I didn't go to therapy, to be quite honest and very blunt, is because I knew I couldn't afford it. I was still working part-time. I didn't have a job that would pay for it. So I didn't, I I knew that I couldn't afford to go to therapy. Um, That was the main reason. And then there were smaller reasons behind it. Like, oh, I don't want to talk to this person about all my problems. I'm not really ready to open up about them. All of these things. But if you can, if you're in a place where you can go get a therapist, do it. Get a therapist. Um, But I found my own forms of therapy theater, something that always was a happy point for me in my life. Reconnecting with people that I knew made me happy. Um, And that meant saying sorry for things and having to deal with unpleasant things. And it was hard, but I did it because I knew that I needed that kind of positive energy in my life. Uh, Finding the things in your life that 
you're unhappy with and doing your part, what you can, what you're in control of to make a difference, to make it different. Um, I was unhappy with my self-image, so I started doing at-home workouts because I didn't feel the energy to go into a gym. I didn't want to go into a gym, so I did stuff at home. I started cooking things and experimenting with clean eating, Um, and I held myself to the standard of you know what it feels like to be at your lowest, and you don't want to stay there. You don't want to be there. You don't deserve to stay there, so you need to do what you need to do to get out of it. It's like a snap. It just like it clicks, and, and you know the only person who can get you out of it is yourself. And that's what I had to come to terms with is that this whole time I've been trying to place my self-fulfillment, my self-worth into the hands of other people. And that's why I had been so disappointed because that's no one else's job. They can't do it the way that you can do it. So I had to let go of so much self-doubt, so much of feeling like I was unworthy of anything, so much of my brokenness and pull myself together, and start getting it done. And the moment that I stepped out of my house, literally and figuratively, I stepped out of a dark room and put myself out there and started doing, that's when things began to change for me. Those post-it notes are lifesavers. I still do them today because I think that when you have a visual reminder Even if you don't fully believe what's written on that post-it note, you're looking at it every single day. It's going to start being ingrained in your body. You know, it's, it's a habit. It's a routine. So looking at things that said, you're beautiful, you can do it, you're amazing. I started to believe those things over time. I was like, you know, maybe I am beautiful. Maybe I am capable of doing this. And when you have self belief and you yourself know that you're capable of doing something, it's a game changer. I really believe in the power of positive thinking. I believe in the power of your your words, your thoughts. Um, so I had to reconstruct mine to be from negative thoughts, negative words about who I was to being positive. And it doesn't happen overnight. It took me a while. It was hard. But what made it possible is consistency. I had to stay consistent in believing these things about myself. When I got to the point where I wasn't pretending that I was happy anymore, like I was just happy and the things in my life, um, not everything is 100% perfect, but there are things that are working out for me. That's when I was like, now would be the time that I could consider dating someone because I'm not going to be looking for them to be my happiness. I'm going to be bringing my own happiness into whatever relationship I have. And even then, I was still taking my time in getting back into dating. It wasn't, oh, I'm happy. I can jump right into this because I still had my trust issues with other, you know, other people. I still wasn't 100% um, in the right mindset to say, I'm going to date this guy and we're going to be together. It takes time. And I knew that. And I love myself enough to give me that time. Um, So I took it. And I was very cautious. And I was very slow about getting into it. And that's been good for me. Because it has made me 
very aware of who I'm bringing into my life, not only in my life, but my child's life. It has made me very particular and I don't really care about being picky because at this point, after everything that I've gone through, I think I'm allowed to be picky. I think that you're allowed to be picky. You can choose to say no to whoever. If you know that it's not going to be for your betterment, why are you doing it? Say no. No has been one of my favorite words, not just in terms of, of dating people or, you know, potential prospects, but in life. I'm not going to spend my time doing something that makes me unhappy. I just won't do it anymore. <clears throat> Excuse me. So embrace the no word. Embrace saying no to things that aren't what you want to do. I just think life is too short, especially for someone who was really, really considering and trying to end hers shortly to say yes to things that you don't want to do or that don't make you happy. I don't think that's something that you should be spending your time on. Um, I think that everyone has the power and the potential to take their happiness and their fulfillment into their own hands. And I'm walking proof of it that it's work, but you can do it. And <clears throat> I um, I feel like my journey, as hard as it had been, has been for five years, is everything that I needed to bring me to this point in my life. Uh, I'm not, I don't regret much from my past. You know, I don't regret meeting the people that I met. I don't regret those two relationships that were back to back and very, very bad for me. I don't regret them um, because they've made me so much stronger than I probably would have been. I love who I am. And had I not been through something that made me take a, a good hard look at myself and force me to really work on self-love, self-care, self-acceptance, I probably would not be so loving of the person I look at in the mirror every day. But it's necessary. Those hard times are needed to mold you and sculpt you. And even when you feel like this is just, this is it for me. Like, this is the last straw. I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore because I know what that feels like. It's not. It's just, it sucks going through, but it's going to build you up into something better that you would not even believe. So that's my story. That's my journey, those relationships, as this, <laughs> as this podcast is titled, The Breakups That Almost Killed Me. Um which is real true, you know, I, I don't know, had I stayed in that place for any longer, there's a very good chance that I might not be here today, that my son might not have his mom, that my parents might not have their daughter, that my friends might not have me, and that's what you have to look at, is that there are so many people that you don't even realize who need you, who your absence would be detrimental to them and you've got so much life to live and so much to give to this world that you can't just um, give up I guess that's what I've learned that giving up is just not an option for me so wow whoo that was deep that was heavy um 
If you're still listening and you've stuck around, I hope that this has helped you in some way. If you can relate to anything, feel free to DM me um, anything that you might want to say in regards to this podcast, um, this episode, anything in general. My Instagram handle is Should a Swipe Left Podcast. Um, I would love to have you a part of the family on Instagram. It's growing, which is making me very happy. Um, and, you know, subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, rate it, review it, all that good stuff. You can now listen on Spotify. I'm still on Cloud9 over Spotify, you guys. It's like Christmas Day. Uh, or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts because this thing is just getting published everywhere, which makes me really happy. Uh, I got some more special guests for you next week. We'll, we'll steer away from something this heavy and deep. <laughs> It'll be a little bit more lighthearted next week, so make sure you're coming back for next week's episode. Catch up on the previous ones if you have not already. And thanks for sticking around with me. I um, have enjoyed opening up about something that was huge in my life and being vulnerable with you guys. Uh, and send me your feedback. I want to know what you think. I want to know what you're going through. If there's anything that I can give you some insight on, if you are going through something similar or you've been through something similar, please message me. I want to hear all about it. Uh, so that's it. That's all I got for you. Um, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Happy Friday. Whoop, whoop. Time to relax. Unless you have a weekend job, then sorry. Uh, come back next Friday. I got more in store for you. All right. Bye.